Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Once again, we are here and for now for almost five years. Well, that's not a long time. That's not a long time, George. But yeah, five years. We're coming up on five years. Actually, we we coming yeah we're coming up on five years during the show. Yeah, and I've had a blast. I've had a hell of a time. I've had a blast doing the show. Uh, Producing the show, setting it up, getting getting it ready, booking the guests. I've had a great time, folks. I've had most the most fun in my life has been able to do the show. And I know there's a lot of other podcasters and internet radio show hosts out there. I can't speak for them. I can only speak for myself. Some of them guys and girls are pretty good. Um, but anyway, I've had a great time doing the show. I mean, every show that I've given, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, guests, no guests, it was great. And I'm still having a good time. I'm still having a great time doing the George Wilder Jr. show. And uh, and it's great that there are people listening. <laughs> so I'm going to join you. You got nobody listening. There are people listening. If they don't listen live, they will listen to the podcast after it's recorded. They will stream the show. Uh, because we do have a rating system, and we do know if someone's listening or if they're not listening. So we do have a rating, just like television. I mean, and over-the-air radio. I mean, all of these things, they have rating systems. They know 
uh, a percentage of Americans who are who are listening or watching, and uh, I do too. I have a I check it I check it out all the time because you want people to listen to the show. Nobody's paying me anything, and most of the time the guest that comes on the show they don't pay me anything, and people call in I don't get a dime for it. But uh, but it's okay. I mean it's okay because I enjoy what I'm doing, and I'm and I know there's people out there who enjoy what this show is all about and which is making the world a better place we don't always agree we will never always agree but we can find still find common ground you know i mean i've i've uh, had people on the show who i totally disagree with i've had callers call in that i totally disagree with but we don't have to hate each other we don't have to dislike each other because we disagree uh it, it this is america this is still america it's divided torn apart uh, people are turning against each other, but we, this is still America. We just got to do a better job and make it, uh, make it a better place again. I hear, I, I hear so many people say they want to get up and leave, leave America. Uh, I don't think anybody should leave. I think we, if you have the balls or the courage, you should stay and fight for your country. If you know there's something wrong, change it, change it. Anyway, let's get back to, um, Coming up on five years doing the do, doing this block talk show and uh, uh, this block talk radio show. It's an internet it's it's an internet show. I keep hearing people saying it's a podcast, but it's but from it's an internet. I mean, this is totally internet. And, and if the internet goes down, if the if it's slow or whatever, it's gonna screw it up. But it's it's internet, and uh, everything is uh, subjected to technical difficulties. <laughs> Anyway, it, it's a great time, and I'm still doing the show, and I'm surprised that I'm doing it. Um, um, I hate to say me, 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 but it's just me. It, it is me. I mean, uh, I'm the producer. I'm the director. I'm the talk show host. I'm the writer. I'm, I'm all of that for this particular show. And I, I'm not the only one that's wearing a lot of hats, but and there's other people who are in the media who are also wearing a lot of hats. You know, I mean, it, in this day and age, if you want to save some money, you better wear more than one hat, you know, uh, especially in this time, because the economy is uh, in a free fall because of the shutdown. Uh, people are not buying because of the uh, shutdown. They're not going out spending their money because they're not sure of what's uh the future will hold because of the shutdown in the Trump administration. Uh, so people are not uh, uh, spending their money because they don't have money to spend. I mean, if you're working for nothing, if the president is ordering you to come back to work to work without pay, uh, will you do it? Okay, and like this morning, uh, he was um, ordering people, telling people to go back to work. And a lot of people saying, fuck you, we're not going back to work without pay. We're not slaves. You know, and, and then I think a few hours into the day, he tweeted something or he, I don't know what he did. Anyway, he sent, he signed an, an executive order for people to go back to work uh, to receive back pay. To receive back pay. And, um, I don't know if that's happening. I don't know if people are going to go back to work and work for nothing. It's still basically working for nothing because you're still not going to get paid. And you don't know if this government shutdown is going to last a few more days, a few more weeks, or 
as Donald Trump stated in the past, it may go on for years. You don't know. You don't know. And the thing about the shutdown, it's also affecting the White House. It's also affecting Donald Trump. Because if you think about it, the Capitol Police, the Secret Service, and other security detail around the president, uh, these guys and girls are not getting paid. So why would they want to keep coming to work to protect the president and they're not getting paid, but he's, he's getting paid and the uh, Republicans in, in the Senate, they're getting paid. Yeah, he's telling people to um, uh, go back to work and he signed an executive order for them to, for them to get their back pay. But how long will that take? Because he's saying that the government can be shut down for years. I mean, they're going to have to work for years before they get paid? And all that back pay? It still doesn't make any sense. What he should do is reopen the government. That's, that's the thing. People don't want to wait weeks and months and years to get their back pay. While they're still working. I mean, how in the hell are you going to keep coming to work if you don't have money to put in your to put gas in your car or you don't have a uh, uh, commuter fare to catch a train or a subway uh, or a subway train or or a train to get to work? If you don't have cash, it's still ridiculous. The only plausible result here is that Trump reopened the government, period. Period. And I do think that people should stay out. Do not work until he opens up the government. Right now, Nancy Pelosi is saying that he's going to be giving, well, she invited him to actually give the State of Union address on the 29th, and then she took it back saying that uh, it's not going to happen because the government is shut down. And I totally agree with that. He should not be <laughs> – plus, he's, he, if you think about it, the State of the Union is a speech that I, I'm assuming that the, a lot of these presidents gives annually every year. But you know – but it, even if Donald Trump reopens the government and, and decides that he's going to give this State of the Union address, he's going to make it all about him. He's, it's going to be full of lies. He's going to turn it into some kind of campaign rally for 2020. We know what's going to happen, and a lot of Americans are saying they're not going to watch. They're not going to watch. And when Americans say that they're not going to watch Trump, they do not watch. We do not watch. We'll hear about bits and pieces of his speech the next day or soon after. The last speech he gave uh, taunting the government shutdown, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer rebuttaled. And what I'm hearing is their rebuttaled to his speech was higher than the folks who actually watched his speech. They watched Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer after his speech. I guess they turned him off and then turned her, them off. Anyway, they got higher ratings than he did, uh, and it's going to happen again. But you know, one of the things I'm glad that the Democrats are nixing this State of the Union speech for January 29th. Because Trump will lie, he will he will use it as some sort of a stunt. Republicans are gonna be up be up and in his butt. Um, 
and as I just got through saying, he's going to use it as a rallying cry, a campaign tool for 2020. And I'm just now hearing that I'm just now hearing, pardon me, is that uh, 20 percent, 23 percent, excuse me, 23 percent of voters say they are going to vote for Trump in 2020. And that's only if he makes it to 2020. There may be some indictments, some subpoenas, and some handcuffs and leg irons coming his way before 2020. Maybe sometime in 2019. But if he's lucky and he makes it to 2020 and he decides to run again, I think the Republicans would be uh, uh, smart if they run someone against Donald Trump. Give him, primary him. Uh, Give him a challenger. Give him another Republican challenger. Trump is damaged goods. No matter how you look at it, if you, if you love him, if you're a Trump supporter, he's damaged goods. Uh, if you think about it, the Republican Party is – they are damaged goods. I mean since the 20, 20, uh, 2018 mid- midterms, they were wiped out in the House. They – There's no way in hell Trump is going to win a second term because a lot of the people that he's hurting with this shutdown, they supported him at one time. They voted for him at one time. They lied for him at one time. And a lot of them are saying no more. They're done with Donald Trump. 23% of American voters say they will vote for Donald Trump in 2020. And I think that's too High. I don't think no one should be voting for this clown. And clown, I do mean clown. He's putting he's putting America at risk with this shutdown. TSA airlines. I mean, security. Because of the shutdown, people are not showing up for work, and that's gonna that that makes it a security risk to even. Uh, Get a flight to go anywhere. You never know. This could be uh, 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 risky for terrorists to board our planes and blow them up or take them somewhere where they're not supposed to be taken. This is really, really bad. And as I've stated, uh, the economy is in a free fall because of this. People are not buying. They're saving their money, and they should. Are they putting it putting it aside for other bills? And you know what's so sad and so telling is when you see people on television uh, saying how much this shutdown is hurting them, working without pay. They can't pay the rent. They can't come up with the next month's mortgage. They can't come up with their car note or their college um, kids' uh, tuition. This is bad. Bills are piling high. You know, there was a there was a time, there was a time when being a government employee meant something, especially federal, uh, especially working for the federal government. I mean, that really meant something. It meant that you had a good paying job, a great paying job. You had great benefits. You were, in, in some cases, you were. Uh, Looked upon as being a professional at what you were doing. Yeah. 
And now it's like, wow, you work for the federal government. I'm pretty sure nobody uh, wants to actually work for the federal government anymore. Those who are working for the federal government, they want to go into private jobs. But there was a one time, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, one of the things I wanted was a government job, a federal job. I've, <laughs> I've tried many times. And, uh, you know, but obviously I succeeded at getting a local uh, job in government, not a you know, federal uh, job in government. But I've always heard and always looked up to those people who worked for the government. Uh, it that didn't matter what it didn't matter in what capacity as long as they was working in the government. I said, wow, you look up to those folks. And one of the things I didn't know that I'm just finding out that a lot of these government workers uh who are on furlough and who are not getting paid, they living from one check to the next. I didn't know that. Uh most of my life <laughs> I've been living from one check to the next. You're homeless. You miss one check. You can't buy food. You miss one check. They're knocking on their, knocking on your door, your door saying, "Hey, you got to move. <laughs> you got to go." Why? You know. So I always looked up to people who worked for the government. It didn't matter in what capacity they worked. All I knew, and some of us know, that it's a federal government job. It must be a good paying job. It must be benefits and all that stuff, which is true, which is true. But now in the Trump administration, in the Trump era, you wouldn't you couldn't offer me a job in the federal government. No way you couldn't even offer it, because as long as Trump is in office, it's always going to be something that's that is going to. Something negative. I mean, Trump, if you think about it, Donald Trump did the same thing with his businesses. They went bankrupt. Uh, <laughs> he shut them down and he did not pay the workers. So it's the same thing he's doing now. So they're saying that he signed an executive order for back pay. That means nothing. I mean, you can go, I'm pretty sure that's going to get some people to go back to work. Uh, because uh, he signed an executive order for back pay, but you don't know how. The thing is, you don't know how long the government is going to be shut down. How long you will you be working at your job before you get back pay? As I've said, uh, a week, a few weeks, months, years. You can't keep doing that. Wow, this this is just so bad, and the economy is in a, in a free fall because people are not buying, and there are so many people out here who are looking and finding other jobs. That's even making the job market tight. The jobs that were easily uh, obtainable, they're not that easily obtainable anymore because so many people are out of work and looking for any kind of job that they can get. After they have been working for the federal government, they're just looking for some something so they can put food on the table, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, you know, their cell phone bill, smartphone bill, computer bill, 
Wi-Fi bill or whatever they have to pay to keep a roof over their heads. Trump doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He really doesn't. And it, it's, it's a sad state of affairs when the president of the United States is going to hold these federal workers hostage. Basically, America to get five billion walls, excuse me, to get five billion dollars to fund his wall on the U.S. Mexico border. You don't have to hold people's lives. to get this. You can negotiate a wall after you reopen the government. I agree with Nancy Pelosi. What, what is all of this stuff popping up on my computer screen? All these notifications. I get more Facebook notifications than anything. I, <laughs> everybody's responding to something I posted, which is great, which is good. Um, but this federal shutdown thing is just... it. And Mitch McConnell, <laughs> I don't even want to get in this guy's ass so far, but uh, America is in a free fall. We are, wow, this economy is just uh, tanking. And uh, Trump and his cohorts are just, wow. Here's an issue that I don't believe is getting enough attention from the media in the United States today, and that is the impact that this government shutdown is having on the government workers who are either working without a paycheck or not working and still also not getting paid. In the last couple weeks alone, more than 4,000 furloughed government workers who are not receiving a paycheck have applied for unemployment. They have had to go to the unemployment offices trying to get temporary aid so that they can continue to pay their bills because they have no idea when this government shutdown is going to end. Thousands of new people just in the last two weeks applying for unemployment assistance because of the government shutdown. That puts an enormous strain on a system that is already strained because Republicans have tried to cut the funding and change the rules for it. And now we're going to strain it even more because of Donald Trump's temper tantrum. And that's just the beginning. Another very serious problem we have as a result of this government shutdown are the massive number of TSA agents here in the United States who continue to call in sick because they're among those who still have to work but aren't going to be paid for it. So the call-out rate for TSA agents across this country is increasing every day, which means we're basically having to pull in the second string. Or we're having to operate with fewer TSA agents which, number one, obviously means the inspections are not as thorough as they should be. And two, passengers are having to wait longer times just to get through airport security because there's not enough people staffing them. This impacts the airlines. It impacts air travel in general. It hurts the overall economy. Everything is connected in this economy today, and the president doesn't seem to understand that. And again, gets worse from there. We have food stamp funding that is likely to run out in the month of February. 
Now, the Trump administration has told us they're absolutely going to find the money to continue funding that. But considering the fact that Republicans have made it their platform for the last several decades to say we need to cut food stamp funding, it's incredibly unlikely that this administration is going to scrape up the change needed to get those people their food stamp checks. So, once that happens, once again, we're dealing with a situation where there's less money flowing through local economies, even if it is coming from the EBT, the food stamp program, whatever it is. What's even worse than economic pain is the physical pain that the people are going to go through because suddenly they can't buy food. Their kids aren't eating. They're trying to scrape by and do whatever they can. And now they're just in a situation where, oh, well, Donald Trump's angry now and the government's not open to send you your food stamps. Uh, federal scientists are missing conferences. Um, national parks losing money and they're piling up with garbage right now. I'm sure everybody's seen the pictures floating around of just these massive piles of garbage in federal parks and national parks because there's nobody there to even change the trash cans. Um, Disaster aid, another one, being delayed for areas of this country. Florida, the Carolinas, California, Colorado, places that have been ravaged by floods, hurricanes, fires, and all sorts of natural disasters. We're not able to send the aid out to continue helping these communities so people aren't able to put their lives back together, again, because of the government shutdown. The list goes on and on. Politico actually did a decent job of putting together a good list of all the different areas that are being affected by this. And every single one of them is connected to something else in this economy, which is, again, connected to something else. But more importantly than that, than the ripple effects of the economy, which could tank very quickly if this shutdown continues, it's the human cost. Yeah, it's tanking already. The people not getting their food stamps, the people not getting the disaster aid, the people not getting their paychecks yet still being required to go to work, which means they also still have to pay childcare costs, and they have no idea how they're going to do that. People are suffering because of this. This is now the third longest government shutdown we've ever had in this country, and if it goes on much longer, it's going to go even higher than that. We can't afford this as a country, both economically and morally. We have to take care of these people first and foremost. And that seems to be something that the Republican Party controlling the White House seems to have forgotten.
right now against the Trump administration and the bosses who are currently forcing their employees to work without pay. Now, these are the furloughed government workers who have been affected by this partial government shutdown who are being coerced and forced to work their current jobs without pay. Now, again, this does not cover all of the 800,000 furloughed workers. Some of them were immediately just sent home, deemed, quote, non-essential. But those essential folks, the people who the government can't function without, those are the ones who are told, if you don't show up, you are fired. And when you do show up, do not expect to get paid for the time that you're working. And according to the latest lawsuit, this is a clear violation of the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery here in the United States. A group of federal workers is now suing the Trump administration and the people that they work for within the federal government for forcing them to work without pay, which they say in the lawsuit, the argument, is that this amounts to involuntary servitude to their employer because again their employers have issued warnings if you don't come in if you call out sick don't ever come back because you're fired so they are forcing these people to go into work they know that these people will not be paid for the work that they are performing and that is what spawned this particular lawsuit so far this one is the only lawsuit to invoke the 13th Amendment argument. And to be honest, that's going to be a very difficult one to prove as the Supreme Court back in 1988 actually ruled that forcing uh, mentally ill people in the United States to work without pay uh, did not violate the 13th Amendment even though the people were threatened with if you work, uh, either you work without pay or we put you in a mental institution because you're mentally ill. That somehow didn't violate the 13th Amendment, so these workers have a a very tall uphill battle ahead of them um, that they likely may not win at this case. 
However, there are plenty of other lawsuits right now that are pretty much 100% going to be successful brought by furloughed federal workers who are working without pay. Obviously, this does violate wage and hour laws here in the United States. It's happened during every other government shutdown and pretty much every other time the furloughed workers who worked without pay have been successful. In fact, so successful that the government actually has a fund set up that is designed to pay out these lawsuits brought by furloughed federal workers because they know they're going to lose and they want to have this pot of money ready to go when the lawsuits inevitably come. But this one, however, about the 13th Amendment is special. Again, the only one to invoke, invoke the 13th Amendment, but also because if it's successful, this would effectively ban any furloughed worker, essential or non-essential, from being able to work during a government shutdown, which means... Again, if this lawsuit were to be successful, the next time the government shuts down, there's no TSA. None. Without TSA, would there still be air travel here in the United States? There'd be nobody to monitor security. Would planes still be able to fly? Would people still be able to get a flight and go somewhere? Unlikely, given what happened before the TSA existed. So that means that if we have another government shutdown, Airports across the country might shut down. Air travel may suddenly stop in this country. Food inspections, safety inspections, health inspections, work, workplace inspections, all of that would end. The federal court system would also shut down. No more lawsuits. No more criminal cases. Trump Prison workers would be forced to go home because they're essential yet furloughed in many areas. Not all of them, but many. Yeah. The entire country would grind to a halt if this lawsuit is successful the next time there's a government Trump shutdown. Wants. And that's why this he one is so important. To, uh, and I hope it yeah. succeeds. I hope it does. You do. Because that may be the only way to show these Republicans who are the ones who continuously shut down the federal government that what you're doing has very real consequences here in the United States. So I hope... I hope the lawyers handling this lawsuit understand what's at stake in the long run, because this may be one of those lawsuits that forever changes the face of the United States. Just what I'm talking about 
23%. Even some Republicans in the Senate, they want this shutdown to end. Donald Trump doesn't want the shutdown to end, and Mitch McConnell, the Senate leader, he doesn't want it to end. He's adamant about it. I'm not going to go over the head of Donald Trump. Not even for his own country, not even to protect his own country. He will not, you know, override Donald Trump. Why? Well, in my opinion, he's afraid. He is afraid of Donald Trump. I mean, there's no doubt about it, as as so many Republicans are. They are afraid of this man. I just don't understand it. I talked about it in the show yesterday, how these Republicans are, are, are so afraid of somebody who's a crook, a criminal, a con man, a thug, a gangster, a mobster, mafia boss. Uh, I, I just don't understand. Okay, we're going to get back to talking about Nancy Pelosi. For as of now, the state of you, the state of our union, the state of the union is on hold, and that that it is, Speaker. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sent a letter to President Trump uh, uh, asking him to postpone his State of the Union address scheduled for January 29th uh, or deliver it in writing because of the government shutdown, which sounds good to me. In other words, it's over. You you want to speak? You want to address the public? Open up the government. That's great. But delivering his State of the Union in writing – is not is not going to go anywhere either because Trump doesn't read. He just doesn't read. I mean, you can tell by his tweets that he actually he doesn't read because most of his tweets are what grammar <laughs> grammar uh, 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 and misspell. Most of them are grammar. Um, I can't think of the word. What is it? Grammar? Suspect? Okay. Uh, And he doesn't read. He doesn't read. Okay. Citing from dozens funding, citing frozen funding and furloughs. This is uh, Nancy Pelosi. She's citing frozen funding and furloughs for the next security uh, secret service and the Department of Homeland Security. Pelosi wrote, exactly. That's that's the same thing I'm saying that I've written. Secret Service, those guys who are paid to protect the president and other politicians, they will not be getting paid. Homeland Security will not be getting paid. The Capitol Police, Capitol Police on Capitol Hill that protects these assholes, uh, they will not be getting paid. So So Trump is basically putting himself in danger. And the other politicians in danger because, like she said, that will be a security risk. We can't have a State of the Union uh, if these people do not get paid because these people are the ones who actually put it all together. So all Trump has to do is just walk through there. If, If Nancy Pelosi doesn't feel that Trump is going to be, quote unquote, Safe because of the security risk, she has the right to say, hey, wow, there will be no State of the Union. 
and we know how much Trump loves pu- publicity, photo ops. More likely, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard Trump read from a teleprompter? I mean, I mean, we've heard it. I think last week and and a few other times. He just sounds so boring. He sounds like a three year three year old child trying to read uh, a college essay. Uh, <laughs> he sounds like a three-year-old child trying to read a college essay. And uh, as I've said before, if he somehow opens back up the government, which I don't think he will, uh, I don't think he's going to let Nancy Pelosi out-Trump him. Because why? Because she's a woman. He doesn't want to look bad in front of a woman. So he's not going to open the, up the republic, uh, up the government. So therefore, people will not will still not be getting paid. I don't give a damn about him signing a law saying they should get back pay. But still, in all, if they go back to work, how long will they be? How long will they? As I stated, how long will they have to work before they get back pay? Week, two weeks, three weeks, months, years. People can't work for years without being paid. That's crazy. They'll be in the streets. But Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck, just like he didn't give a fuck about the California fires. Wow. Or he doesn't care about California. He hates California. They didn't vote for him. They're a democratic state. I'm pretty sure Illinois, now with our new governor, J.B. Prisker, I mean, he hates us just as much as he hates California. We're democratic. We're a blue state. And if I can divert a little bit, I, I am so glad that we've gotten rid of Republican Bruce Rauner. I am just so elated that we've got this son of a gun out of Illinois. He was the worst. And you know what? He brought it on himself. He brought it on himself. Two and a half years. This state was without a budget with this governor, Bruce Rauner. Two and a half years. If you were listening to the George Wilder Jr. show a few years ago, you'd have heard me just, you know, uh, uh, ripping him a new one. But, you know, uh, and J.B. Prisker seems as though he, right now he's doing some positive things for the state. Rauner, like Bruce Rauner, Bruce Rauner, like Donald Trump, he was wrecking Illinois and being proud of it. I mean, he was a kind of governor that was, it's my way or the highway. And he was for real. He was mean and nasty and thought he was king of the hill. But now he's out. He's gone. I remember there was a uh, uh, national newspaper called the National Review saying that he was the worst governor in the United States. They were spot on. The Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, and other uh, news organizations within the state of Illinois were saying the same thing. Rauner... uh, he was like Donald Trump. He did not govern for the entire state. There were certain parts of the state that he catered to, 
and they were white. Uh, downstate, he didn't give a damn about Chicago or Chicago public schools. I mean, he really uh, he will take money from the Chicago public schools that basically is 85% African American and 85% poor. And he would take that money from those schools, those public schools, and give the money to the downstate schools where uh, the rich people sent their children. You know, with the Republicans, it is all about – it is actually reverse Robin Hood. It's reverse Robin Hood. Take from the poor and give to the rich. That's what Trump has been doing, taking from the poor and give to the rich. Hey, don't impeach me. Why impeach me? I'm going to make you a lot of money. Yeah, and he does. Tax cuts. Paul Ryan. He's he's gone. He's out of politics. He's gone. He <laughs> he was the worst house speaker ever. He was the worst politician ever. But he's gone now. But and there is a lot of other politicians, Republican politicians who after the blue wave, after 2018, after the after um, uh, the house went blue, totally blue, they quit. But I can tell you this: a lot of those Republicans that ran and quit their jobs after uh, 2018 uh, midterms, they didn't go away broke. They didn't go away poor. They went away with Donald Trump's tax cut, money that he stole from the poor and given to them, the rich. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these Republicans who have, you know, uh, left, I want to say good riddance. But, you know, as I've said, they're not poor. They got into government for one thing, to get rich. Mitch McConnell. For one, I mean, this guy, I mean, when when these people run for office, they're not rich. They're just making that salary. Suddenly they become bought off and paid for. And, you know, like Kentucky, for instance, um, it's one of the poorest states in America. But their senator, one of the senators, one of their senators, Mitch McConnell, is a billionaire. How in the hell did he get like that? Taking and stealing money. A lot of a lot of us are saying that Mitch McConnell, just like Donald Trump and a lot of other Republicans in the Senate, they're in the grasp of Russia. I mean, you've heard you've heard the uh, reports that Donald Trump is working for Russia. Uh, they don't say that directly. They say, well, he could be, he might be, but there's so much evidence saying that he is. Maybe he's working for them and he doesn't realize that he's working for them. Then maybe he's working for them and maybe he knows that he's working for Russia. Donald Trump has always been a Russian asset. I mean, you have to be really, really, uh, you have to have the blinders on to not to know that. His actions, the things he's said, the things he's done. <laughs> makes him uh, a full-time traitor. You have to be crazy to think that Donald Trump does not work for work for or has 
worked for the Russians. Yes, he has. You've heard it first on the George Wilder Jr. Show, but I don't think I have to tell you that. If you have any brains, you would know that. If anyone would have any sense at all, they would know that Donald Trump is a Russian asset. He, and I'm pretty sure he will continue to be a Russian asset. Uh, you know, uh, because a lot of the things that Donald Trump has been doing negatively to the United States, that makes Vladimir Putin happy. It makes them happy. Pulling troops out of Syria makes them happy. Destroying America makes Russia happy. There's no doubt about it. Trump is a Russian asset. Anyway, let's get back to Nancy Pelosi with her power move, uh, basically saying that there will be no State of the Union on January 29th. Until you reopen the government. I'm quoting here. Uh, the House and the Senate have to, have to pass resolutions to actually green light the State of the Union. Okay. They have to pass. The House and the Senate have to pass resolutions to actually green light the means to, for the uh, State of the Union to happen and to go on. Obviously, the House will not green light this uh, State of the Union, so there will be no State of the Union. Neither have done so yet, and Pelosi controls whether the House passes one at all. And it is a security concern. Trump, Donald Trump is putting uh, America's interest at total risk. He's putting us at risk for terrorist attacks. He's putting us at risk for our planes running into each other because the air traffic controllers, they're not getting paid and they could walk off the job. This is really, really bad. This is really, really bad. Federal prosecutors are implicating the President of the United States in two federal crimes during the 2016... Lawsuits are piling up right now against the Trump administration and the bosses who are currently forcing their employees to work without pay. Now, these are the furloughed government workers who have been affected by this partial government shutdown who are being coerced and forced to work their current jobs without pay. Now, again, this does not cover all of the 800,000 furloughed workers. Some of them were immediately just sent home, deemed, quote, non-essential. But those essential folks, the people who the government can't function without, those are the ones who are told, if you don't show up, you are fired. And when you do show up, do not expect to get paid for the time that you're working. And according to the latest lawsuit, this is a clear violation of the 13th Amendment which abolished slavery here in the United States. A group of federal workers is now suing the Trump administration and the people that they work for within the federal government for forcing them to work without pay, which they say in the lawsuit, the argument is that this amounts to involuntary servitude 
to their employer because again their employers have issued warnings if you don't come in if you call out sick don't ever come back because you're fired so they are forcing these people to go into work they know that these people will not be paid for the work that they are performing and that is what spawned this particular lawsuit so far this one is the only lawsuit to invoke the 13th Amendment argument. And to be honest, that's going to be a very difficult one to prove as the Supreme Court back in 1988 actually ruled that forcing uh, mentally ill people in the United States to work without pay uh, did not violate the 13th Amendment even though the people were threatened with if you work, uh, either you work without pay or we put you in a mental institution because you're mentally ill that somehow didn't violate the 13th Amendment. So these workers have a, a very tall uphill battle ahead of them um, that they likely may not win at this case. However, there are plenty of other lawsuits right now that are pretty much 100% going to be successful brought by furloughed federal workers who are working without pay. Obviously, this does violate wage and hour laws here in the United States. It's happened during every other government shutdown and pretty much every other time the furloughed workers who worked without pay have been successful. In fact, so successful that the government actually has a fund set up that is designed to pay out these lawsuits brought by furloughed federal workers because they know they're going to lose and they want to have this pot of money ready to go when the lawsuits inevitably come. But this one, however, about the 13th Amendment is special. Again, the only one to invoke, invoke the 13th Amendment, but also because if it's successful, this would effectively ban any furloughed worker, essential or non-essential, from being able to work during a government shutdown, which means... Again, if this lawsuit were to be successful, the next time the government shuts down, there's no TSA. None. Without TSA, would there still be air travel here in the United States? There'd be nobody to monitor security. Would planes still be able to fly? Would people still be able to get a flight and go somewhere? Unlikely, given what happened before the TSA existed. So that means that if we have another government shutdown, Airports across the country might shut down. Air travel may suddenly stop in this country. Food inspections, safety inspections, health inspections, work, workplace inspections, all of that would end. The federal court system would also shut down. No more lawsuits. No more criminal Trump cases. Trump would love that. Prison workers would be forced to go home because they're essential yet furloughed in many areas. Not all of them, but many the entire country would grind to a halt if this lawsuit is successful the next time there's a government shutdown. And that's why this one is so important. And I hope it succeeds. I hope it does. Because that may be the only way to show these Republicans who are the ones who continuously shut down the federal government that what you're doing has very real consequences here in the United States. So I hope... I hope the lawyers handling this lawsuit understand what's at stake in the long run, because this may be one of those lawsuits that forever changes the face of the United States. Hey everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest internet radio talk show and podcast in the land of Illinois. 
on the north side of the great, great city of Chicago. You are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time. if you can keep it. With his back against the wall, the president has re-embarked on an all-too-familiar campaign to undermine and cast doubt on American institutions. Because he didn't lose control of the House, America did. Almost as soon as the results were in, Trump questioned the validity of U.S. elections, unleashing a storm of tweets in the past 48 hours that, without any evidence, accused election officials in Florida and Arizona of fraud. 
On Wednesday, he turned his attention on the Mueller investigation, firing his own attorney general, Jeff Sessions, for failing to be his dutiful stooge at the Department of Justice. In his place, Trump bypassed the similarly principled number two Rod Rosenstein, instead announcing the appointment of Matthew Whitaker as acting attorney general. Coincidentally, I'm sure Whitaker has been a vocal critic of the Mueller investigation, which he will now be charged with overseeing. Next in the path of Trump tornado, the president turned his wrath toward the press for daring to ask him questions. After a chaotic press conference on Wednesday, the White House pulled the press pass of CNN chief White House correspondent Jim Acosta. On Friday, when asked if Acosta's pass would be permanently revoked, Trump doubled down saying more press passes could be pulled in the future. I think Jim Acosta is a very unprofessional man. I think he does this with everybody. He gets paid to do that. You know, he gets paid to burst in. As far as I'm concerned, I haven't made that decision, but it could be others also. He also fired away at a PBS reporter calling her racist and another CNN reporter calling her question stupid. And finally, though, check back in a few minutes, uh, Trump renewed his attack on birthright citizenship, promising an executive order to end the practice. Because that's likely unconstitutional, though, the move is almost certain to tee up a battle in the Supreme Court. That's something the president readily acknowledges. We will be signing it soon. Is it a political stunt? No, no, no. Oh, we're signing it. We're doing it. And it'll probably work its way up to the Supreme Court. Yes, this is all fine. In a matter of one week, the president has attacked the rule of law and the Constitution on no less than three fronts. The independence of the Department of Justice, the First Amendment and freedom of the free press, and the 14th Amendment. Now, lest you say, but S.E., you didn't care when Obama threatened the press. Oh, yeah, I did. Plenty of us were critical of the 44th president for seizing phone and email records of reporters from the AP and the New York Times and Fox News reporter James Rosen. And, of course, other presidents before Trump were guilty of constitutional overreach. In 1937, FDR infamously attempted to pack the courts with friendly judges. There was the Box 13 scandal of 1948 when LBJ was accused of stuffing 202 additional ballots into a box, which miraculously swung the Texas Senate election in his favor at the last minute. And, of course, there was Nixon's Saturday Night Massacre in 1973, where he fired both his attorney general and deputy attorney general when they refused to fire Archibald Cox, the special prosecutor charged with investigating the Watergate scandal. Well, history is replete with greedy and craven presidents who tried to expand executive power and undermine the Constitution. None has attacked the rule of law and the Constitution on so many fronts at the same time. And we haven't even gotten to the latest allegations of campaign finance violations by Trump. Here's the deal. As Americans, we have the distinct privilege of having inherited a Republican system of government which conspicuously features systems of checks and balances and separations of power. Also enshrined in this republic, the rights of a free press, which in part is meant to ensure that those entrusted with the power this system affords them will be held accountable. Our system of democracy can be clunky, it can be slow, it sometimes can be arcane, but for the past 230 years, it's served us pretty well. The Founding Fathers, in their infinite wisdom, 
came up with this system to prevent the very kind of arbitrary, ego-driven, imperialist behavior that Trump finds so alluring, especially when he feels threatened. So the question is, how strong is our republic? We're about to find out. For more on this, let me bring in the host of the Axe Files, David Axelrod. Uh, good to see you. Axe, is Trump yeah, freaking name. out in light of the <laughs> midterm election results? It sure would seem that way. I mean, uh, you know, the, the thing about Donald Trump is there's never been an R on his gear shift. Uh, whenever he encounters trouble or obstacles, he tends to step on the gas, and that's what we've seen since the primary, a different kind of person uh, would have been reflective about the result because at the yeah. end of the day it was quite a good day for Democrats uh, and the Republican Party lost in places that the Republican Party has rarely lost before and that should have been, uh, that should have been a pause uh, for him, a cause for uh, some introspection. He's not an introspective person no. and it seems like his reaction was to, uh, was to lash that out, was to double down in all the ways that you uh, I identified. So, uh, you know, I'm not very hopeful <laughs> about what the next uh, weeks and months are going to bring. So the first thing the president did um, when it was clear the Republicans would keep the Senate was fire Jeff Sessions because he could. Now, mm -hmm. some are saying not to worry. The Mueller, Mueller investigation will be just fine. Democrats will have options. Are you worried about the integrity of that investigation? Well, I think everybody has to be worried about it because I think the reason that, you know, uh, Mr. Whitaker was not the first, second, third, or fourth person you'd think of. There is actually a succession uh, a system in place uh, that would have called for the deputy attorney general to be the acting attorney general, perhaps the solicitor general, and there is a prescribed uh, roster to choose from. Instead, he got plucked uh, out of semi-obscurity, and apparently, yeah. and now we know, that he auditioned for this role right. on CNN by speaking about how he thought the Mueller investigation uh, was uh, illegal and uh, out mm -hmm. of bounds. And he uh, had prescribed ways for, for, uh, for essentially, uh, uh, you know, thwarting it. Uh, and uh, so one gets the distinct feeling that he is there for that purpose. Maybe yeah. he won't do that. But there are other things that have come up that relate to the other things on your list that yeah. are disturbing because he's written and spoken about the uh, about the the, uh, supre uh, the court system as an inferior branch uh, right. of uh, of government. He 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 thinks Marbury versus Madison, one of the bedrocks of American uh, government, uh, was uh, improperly decided, and it makes and and so if he's advising the president on the yeah. constitutionality of the things that he's doing, we're in for some rocky moments here. Well, on to the next one. I'm sorry for the whiplash, but there's a lot to, to cover, and I want your take on yeah. it all. Um, life, Trump is alleging... Life in Trump world, yeah. I know. Um, get used to it. Trump is alleging without evidence that there's been election fraud in Arizona, only after it started looking like Kirsten Cinema might win. He's alleging election fraud in Florida. Uh, let me be clear, there's evidence of incompetence there, but none yet of fraud at all. What are the consequences, in your mind, of the President of the United States casting doubt so recklessly on the electoral process? Look, my great concern about I very much believe in this system that we have, and I understand that when someone in the party opposite you gets elected, they're going to make policy, and you may not like that policy. Right.
So there's been a lot of talk today, obviously, about uh, Rashida Tlaib's uh, statement, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. That is what she said on Thursday, you know, kind of coming off this high of being sworn in, wanting to go after the Donald Trump, chomping at the bit to get started at her new job in general. And she said this thing, the right is attacking her, the left is attacking her because that kind of crass language can't stand. Oh, my God. Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's okay, don't you? Yeah, I think she should call him, call him another motherfucker. I, I think the, the people on Facebook and other uh, media outlets are calling him a lot worse than that. I mean, you think about it. Donald Trump is uh, – they're pissed off at her for calling him, an, him what he is. Donald Trump has used so much profanity throughout his uh, term, it's a damn shame. Uh, he has viled up, in my opinion, the White House. There's nobody who can use more profanity than Donald Trump, and he uses it. So what she said is nothing. And if you've been following Donald Trump and his rallies and you know his unhinged moments... Uh, behind closed doors where there's no cameras, this man cuts up with with uh, derogatory language. He cuts up with it. So I'm pretty sure calling him an MF meant nothing to Donald Trump, but he's going to try to use that to try to destroy her. So, yeah, well, uh, okay, let's get back to Nancy Pelosi. Okay, they're saying that uh, the risk Nancy Pelosi runs by denying Donald Trump to uh, give the uh, State of the Union speech on January 29th could backfire on her. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to backfire. If it's going to backfire on her, it, it's gonna, uh, the, the Republicans are going to try to find some way to nail her to the wall for this. And she's spot on. She's spot on. It, okay, it says here that there's a chance Pelosi move backfires if it's seen as trying to keep Trump from speaking to the American public. We don't want Trump speaking. He's going to lie through his teeth, and he's going to make it all about him. He's going to turn this into a rally. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, is saying that uh, that – Pelosi is trying to keep her father from speaking to the American public. Donald, we don't want to hear that garbage, those lies. Donald Trump Jr., a conservative. Okay, Speaker Nancy Pelosi is clearly this. This I'm quoting Donald Trump's son here, uh, Jr. I believe. Uh, Speaker Pelosi is clearly attempting to block my father from giving the State of the Union. She's not. She's just saying she's. There are uh, security concerns and and she's right uh that's why she's trying to she doesn't want him to speak because of security concerns people working for the federal government and the government is shut down and i I agree with her i don't think there should be any state of the union address or speech from donald trump until he reopens the government this is what she's saying but you know the republicans they got the they got to lie about this. They got to make it more than what the fuck it is. They got to, you know, uh, expand it and, ex- and explode it out there into the American people with lies and, and, and things that are just not true. 
and this is what he's doing. Okay, so I'm going to uh, say this again. Uh, I'm going to quote him again. Pelosi is clearly attempting to block my father from giving the giving his State of the Union speech, not because 20% of the government is shut down. It's, it's, it's actually 25 to 30% of the government is shut down, uh, but because she is terrified of him having an opportunity to speak directly to the American people. Give me a break. There are other ways that um, Donald Trump can – there are many ways Donald Trump could speak to the American people. He doesn't have to do it through – State of the Union. So that's a bunch of BS right there. Okay, so I'm going to say this again. He's saying that she is terrified of him having the opportunity to speak directly to the American people. Donald Trump have, has, he has many ways of speaking directly to the American people. From the Oval Office. From out there on the White House lawn. From Fox News. You know, and other outlets. So he has plenty of ways of speaking to the American uh, public without uh, giving the State of the Union address. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. show. Go right ahead. Well, he's speaking to the American people traditionally. And why does the... Pardon uh, me? Well, he's speaking to the American people as they traditionally do. It kind of reminds me of the shutdown... Over the 1964 Civil Rights Act, another one over the 65 Voters' Rights Act, and believe it or not, Martin Luther King holiday. Yeah. So, um, so why does it have a? Go ahead. At that time, Mr. Wilder, it wasn't. Why does it have to be Donald Trump's fault? The Democrats need to come and sit down and talk to him and discuss the issue. They are willing to and do that. They want to do that, but they don't want it to be some sort of stunt. That's one of the reasons why they didn't show up the the second time for the meeting, because they felt it was some sort of stunt. The first time, Donald Trump cursed and slammed his hand down on the table. And, and it, I mean, it was a stunt. I, I, I agree with them. I would want to go uh, to some meeting with Donald Trump, and it ends up, ends up baseless. Well, I've we seen those to... before. The huh? man is addressing, you know, there's one thing about this president, and I've seen a lot of them. He's the only one I've ever seen stick to his campaign issues. You know what a campaign issue is. So, so <clears throat> a campaign so, comes. Just so you're okay with this government shutdown? Absolutely. I've seen them before. I mean, it's politics. So do you blame I mean, Donald Trump for it? politics. You blame Donald Trump for it, or do you blame? Well, you can say to blame me. You can say to blame is equally right. No, no, I can't say it. Donald Trump uh, sat in the Oval Office and said, "Hey, I'll take fully responsibility for this government shutdown." So it's that's the way Barack Obama did too, right? He said Uh, the buck stops here with him. Yeah, but he didn't shut the government down. At least not yes, in this did. form. Not as long as it's going on now. I mean, people are going without paychecks. Well, people be- are pissed. That's because people came, the other side came and sat down and they talked. That's what it's about. But here's, here's the point. When you make a promise to over 60 million Americans, unprecedentedly have I ever seen 
a president. As a matter of fact, uh, being that I've lived and watched many black communities, I can't hardly think of one of their representatives keeping to their promises, even if they make any at all. They just automatically get put back in office. The man's good. You got to give credit where it's due. <laughs> all right, we, we, we disagree. I think he's the worst thing ever for this, for this country, okay? I and my... Uh, I but, and a lot but, of other look at Americans. But, I think but, he's the worst the thing. Right now, there's a they're they're saying, and I'm hearing, and I know it's true that there's twenty twenty three percent of Americans who will vote for Donald Trump. Twenty three percent, and well, I think that's too high. How are you going to say that it's the worst? Look at the things that he came up past with. Do you have kids or grandchildren? Yes. You can start <laughs> yes. their college. Donald Trump. You can start told. their college. Wait a minute. Hang on. You can start right, there. The way he structured the, the uh, college saving plan known as the 529, you don't have to wait to college. You can use that for elementary, high school, however you want to. And even a person that's earning $12,000 a year gets the right off as much as $1,000 in deductions. And, of course, if you're married, you get to have more. I mean, that's good, Mr. Wilder. Look at businesses, a, a, a small business. And we always hear that blacks need to start more businesses. You know, you know you've heard that. I, I if agree you start with a business that. now. <laughs> you start a business now, Mr. Wallace. If you go out and buy yeah. some equipment, pots, pans, or whatever, you get to write all that off 100% your first year. In the past, you had to spread it out over years. Yeah, yeah, but we're in a government shutdown, and a government shutdown affects the economy. Right now, people aren't getting paid, and they're being forced to work. If people aren't getting paid, if they have any kind of money, they're not going to spend it. They're going to hold on to it because they, are, they don't know what uh, is coming down the road. Oh, you want me to tell you what's coming down the road? It's going to be a delayed pay. They're going to get a big, fat check at one lump sum. Yeah, they are, but they don't know if they're going to get it in a few weeks, a month, or years, as Donald Trump has stated. He wants it to uh, shut down and go on for years. Can you work for nothing uh, for well, years? You know, what, you know what, Mr. Wilder? What they should do yeah. is like I'm doing. I send him tweets, and I call and tell him to stay the course. What they should do is call their representatives and tell them likewise or whatever they feel is necessary. <laughs> wow, you are so cool and calm. You know, I mean, I, this is what I love. You're cool and calm, and and we totally disagree. You know but, what else? Uh, you know what else they got going on, Mr. Wilder? School what? choice. School choice with vouchers. Yeah. Parent, and I'm only one. I just want to mention black kids. Man, it is so sad that you got so many. African American kids in these schools, in these rooms, contained, confined, and constrained. They don't belong there because they come from functional families. They're ahead of the class. Now it becomes a bore to them. And next thing you know, they're getting rid up, ridden up because they're not acting like they teachers think they should. A parent can take their child out and put them in a school of their choice, and the money follows. You remember the case down there in Ohio, where the woman got, what, five years because she lied and said that her son was living at her father's house in an adjacent school. Oh, district. yeah. 
Yeah. That was just sad, wasn't it, brother? Huh? That was sad. Yeah, I remember, I remember was something about similar like to that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one up in New Jersey, too. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. We anyway, both, uh, uh, you got a different opinion. I got a different opinion. And you know the right, strange right, thing about exactly. me. I wish I was there with yeah. you. I would give you my autograph. Because how often <laughs> do you find a black person that come out and tell you they support and vote for Donald Trump? Oh, uh, I've had. I was on. The, I was on the uh, the show two days ago, and uh, and another uh, conservative called the show, and he was saying some of the things you were saying about uh, Donald Trump. He didn't support the the shutdown, but he he, but everything else, uh, the border wall and all that kind of stuff, he supported that. But he didn't support the shutdown. He was just as adamant about Donald Trump as you are. So you're absolutely one that called this show, yeah. And you know what? Yeah. They can't hold a job over my head. You know, most blacks, if they talk like this, they get fired, man. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They get fired yeah. even if they work for black authority. Look, you go yeah. ahead and carry on with your show. It's a good show. Yeah, I, was... I just wanted to <laughs> add some flavor All right. to it. All right, uh, you did. You you added <laughs> a lot of flavor to it. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. All right, <laughs> the George Wilder Jr. Show is, uh, let's see, is on the air. I just, oh, wow, I didn't hit the wrong button here. Let's see if we can go back. Yeah, we're back. We'll be right back. One day. How much I love you, and if you leave, you lose a precious love. How much I love you, and if you
the air, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for this and that. And I'm hoping that Nancy Pelosi um, stand her ground. And uh, whether Trump gets to speak or not, that's that's another uh, uh, topic for another day. I'm pretty sure he will speak. I mean, the Republicans are adamant about uh, letting him speak on the 29th for the uh, State of the Union address. But Nancy, she holds the cards, and uh, and this was a power um, a power uh, uh, grab for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you know, I, I have been against Nancy Pelosi for a long time. I always thought that the Repub- uh, the Democrats needed someone uh, with fresh blood, someone not as old as Nancy. Nancy's seventy eight, going on seventy nine now. I always thought that Nancy uh, uh, was a little bit too old for the job. We need new blood, new ideas, but she seems to be holding her own up against Trump. At least that's what it is, and the Republicans. Because if you go after Trump, uh, if you go after Trump, you're going to have to go after uh, the Senate Republicans also, because they're going to be standing in his corner no matter what. I mean, they they are there, and we are at a time in our. Uh, um, era in in the United States. This is different. This is unprecedented. And um, we're just going to have to hang in there. The George Wilder Jr. show has always, has always been about making the world a better place, but <laughs> we hang in there. We stick together. We are one people. We are not divided. Uh, uh, we're not divided in so many ways, but we are um, divided, a divided country, but we should uh, not think of, think of ourselves as being divided because we are America and we should be one. But the Trump administration, I mean, these guys do things, these guys and girls do things to, to cause Americans to fight each other, to disagree with each other. I mean, this is like a civil war. Liberals on one side, the Republicans on another side, and we should all we may disagree, but we can disagree respectfully. We don't have to hate each other or go at each other's neck because, you know, uh, you may like Trump and I may not like Trump or she may like Trump or whatever. Uh, but that's not what's happening in the world today. I mean, people are just divided. People are just hateful. People are just unreasonable. But. As I've said, 23% of Americans say they will vote for Trump. So that tells you how angry America is. 80% of Americans feel that Trump should be impeached. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be back tomorrow at the same time. Uh, So thanks for listening, and, and make sure you podcast the show, stream the show. Uh, uh, for your listening pleasure. It, it is always so thrilling to know that people can listen to this show at any point in time they want to. I don't have to be on live for you to listen to. There's plenty of uh, shows on this website where you can listen or you can download the show and put it on your website. All right, we're out of here. Bye-bye, everybody. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Bye-bye. The George Wilder Jr. Show is off the air.